0: Guys, and happy Saturday! It is Amanda and Baron with Kicking Cancer Cares, and I want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, Oddmo's Pizza. Um, I actually did get a chance to try their uh, cauliflower crusted pizza, and let me tell you, it is phenomenal. <laughs> it's a good one. You were it right. is good, isn't it? Yes. So did, thank you. Did for Did you
1: realize you were eating cauliflower?
0: No, actually, I'm really surprised just how good it was. Yeah. So that made me feel good. It was a win-win. I wasn't. And if eating... you a
1: cauliflower crust with all vegetables on top of it, it is really a really healthy pizza.
0: It is. So yum. So thank you for that, Baron. Yeah. Thank you, Oddmo's Pizza. You can't it it, great.
1: It's pizza. You just can't go wrong, yeah, right? Yeah. Because
0: pizza's pizza.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So let's recap last week. That was a. Fun one. Wasn't
1: that, was the weather like perfect? Oh,
0: what a beautiful day. What's crazy is we had rain two right. days prior. So I was like, okay, well, let's see. And then it was the most beautiful day ever. Yeah. You, you got really lucky and blessed with that I, you one. You know,
1: when we do anything in October, I always roll the dice as to what the weather is going to be like. But it really turned out great. it was like 70-something by the time the disc golfers were out there on the yeah. course. So, so beautiful and I'll tell you what, day. That golf course was a little hesitant initially to do this. Were they? Really? Well, the guy that owns the course, he's a little older and, you know, he's old school. So golf courses are for golfers. Right. And I was asking, to, I literally rented the back nine holes. And so we locked that course down for a day and a half. hmm and he knew that he couldn't send golfers out on the back nine. And then I told him we were going to bring these people out throwing frisbees, basically. And so it took a little bit to convince him of it. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> he's like, wait a minute. Wait a
1: minute. But when he understood what we were trying to do with, with Pathways and the Kicking Cancer for Kids, we're doing this. Every, he's decided to make this an annual event. Really? Every year, we're going to do this on the first I Saturday of October. I love it. Yeah, so That's it cool. was a win-win.
0: So it obviously struck something in him where he was like, okay, yeah, I love the idea of this. I love the passion behind it. Yeah. Count me in. And then you
1: had a chance to meet Robin.
0: Yes, yes. Robin's amazing. Robin. I love what she's doing and what she stands for. I think it's amazing.
1: Well, there's been a number of times I've told you that it feels like, you know, God kind of led me to meet certain people. And, you know, I, I met Robin in the summer of 2019. Our organization was like six months old at the time. And then listen to her describe what she wanted to do with Pathways. Uh, I mean, she's a breast cancer survivor and that's fantastic, phenomenal, but she loves kids. right? And so when she was describing this Pathways program to me, I said, we have to find a way to make that a program in kicking cancer. Yes. She's now the president of our board of directors. She is the director of Pathways. We have submitted two grants to help pay for Pathways. Okay. And, you know, as, as you found out, the essence of Pathways really is just bringing volunteers to help out the kids. Yeah. And, and so my question for you, Amanda, is if Pathways had been around 16 years ago when you went to Philadelphia with your kid, how would that have made that experience different for you?
0: It would have been such a game changer. Uh, so when my son was born, um, me and my ex-husband, we went to Philadelphia, um, and we were staying in a Ronald McDonald house. We were there for quite a few months. And I saw parents that had little kids with them, you know, uh, staying at the Ronald McDonald house because their sibling was in the hospital sick. And it was just like, wow, that's – I commend the parents for – I mean, they were doing what they had to do. They were there for their child that was in the hospital, and that was that. I mean, no question about it. But these kids uh, that had to be – I mean – it's not like they were neglected or not taken care of, but it just wasn't very fair. And me and my ex-husband saw that, and it was like, gosh, because we really wanted another child. And, but it was genetic what my son had. Um, he was diagnosed with hyperinsulinism, kind of a really rare condition. So we actually had to go to Philadelphia to have his surgery.
1: Does that mean his body was producing too much insulin?
0: Yes. So he was having low blood sugars. Is that like
1: the reverse of diabetes? Yes. Okay.
0: Yes. It's okay. The opposite of diabetes. Opposite,
1: okay. Crazy, huh? But how old was he?
0: He, he was an in, he was a newborn. He had a seizure four hours after he was born. Oh my gosh! And um, had and, a really. And you were
1: you were a young parent, weren't you? I was. I that must was, been freaking you out as I, a young parent. Yes.
0: So I was seventeen years old. Oh wow! He had a blood sugar of lower than forty. And he went had a seizure, so they transported him four hours after I gave birth to OHSU, and that was really difficult. It took them about a month to diagnose him, and then they sent him to Philadelphia, and so we went with
1: him, of course. And he was a month old. He was a month old. And and put put this in perspective for our listeners, because uh, I know I know a friend of mine was she her blood sugar had gotten to four hundred. Which put her at diabetic. Yeah, and I'm, I don't remember for sure. Do you know what a normal blood sugar should be? Um,
0: I believe it's around. For him, it should have been around eighty. And it was hundred, I believe. Yes.
1: So he had he had no blood, no sugar in his blood, basically. Right,
0: and so they were concerned about brain damage. Oh yeah, Uh, very concerned about it. Um, Especially at a month old. mm -hmm, And they're trying to regulate it. They're not sure what's going on. They're not sure why. Um, The doctors here kind of wanted to do his surgery and kind of lead that and they offered it to us. I'm really glad we turned it down because then they would have had to remove his pancreas completely because the route that they were going to go was completely wrong. So we decided to fly out and go see the experts and have tests and things done and then they Dove in and went in and uh, did a partial Whipple, partial pancreatectomy. And he is doing great right now. He struggles with his blood sugars up and down. Um, But we were at the hospital and living in the Ronald McDonald House. Bless the Ronald McDonald House. They're absolutely amazing with what they do and how they help and contribute. But seeing all of that, it was like, is having another child really in our cards? Because... Let's say we have another child in another year and a half. First of all, we don't know where our child's going to stand, Michael. We don't know where he'll be medically because he was having so many medical problems after his surgery. We saw families come and go that had the same condition, come and go, come and go. And here we are still there. And so we were like, if we had another child, we would have to pull Michael, my son, out of school. Go back to Philadelphia, live in the Ronald McDonald House with my son while we take care of the other child that's in the hospital. And so, at that point, we decided that we were just going to have the one because we didn't want to neglect Michael mm-hmm. or put him through that. And we didn't know if Michael was going to make it. We got told twice to say our goodbyes.
1: And you so, were you say that again? So you actually took. I was speechless. Usually, <laughs> I make you speak. <coughs> <laughs> so you were told twice yeah to tell your infant mm-hmm. goodbye
0: yeah the first time it that
1: was... has to be hard
0: it was <laughs> it... <laughs> I turned 18 while I was there wow so we were very young um very young and that was that was devastating so it was like do we bring Michael along with this journey and have the other kid what if the other kid doesn't make it like Michael did right and then to put Michael through that and just not, and then neglecting Michael, so that we could take care of the other babies, so we chose to be one and done right um, for all of those reasons. And so pathways, what they do is absolutely amazing, how they help out with those other kids because that's so needed. A lot of people don't think of that. A lot of people don't think of that. They think of the kid that's sick. yeah, they don't think about the kid that that's not sick, that's being on the sidelines, watching everything.
1: Well and and you know one of the things that I wanted to do when I started Keating cancer was to make this different than what other organizations are doing. Yes. Uh, I mean any any business if you're going to start a business you have a niche that's different than your competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I'm not I'm not calling what I'm the other people are competition because what they do is amazing it's right, great. Right. It's, it's needed, but we wanted something that wasn't being done. Right. And when I met Robin, I knew that Pathways was the thing we needed that wasn't being done. Yeah. And and back then, we we still have this gentleman here in Salem that's just a phenomenal supporter. During that first year when there was literally no money in the bank, he donated thousands of dollars just to help me keep going. Yeah. Because his second son died from blood cancer. Okay. And while his second son was battling the blood cancer, his youngest was in high school and didn't have that support. Yeah. And after high school, that one committed suicide. Really? So when I told him and his wife about Pathways, his wife was in tears. She's like, man, I wish we'd had Pathways. Yeah. When, you know, because... You have to focus your efforts on the one that has the cancer.
0: Yeah, you really, I mean, you know. And you can't
1: carry the guilt for what didn't, you know, what, and I looked at her and I said, it's not your fault. You can't carry this guilt. Mm -hmm. But she's like, I know, but still, you know, if it had been around. And so in that case, we would have come in and helped the one that was in high school with grades, you know, helping with schooling, take his mind off from what was going on. Mm Mm-hmm so that the family could focus on the one that had the cancer, Yeah, you know? And, and so I'm just thrilled that Pathways is now fully functioning, and Rob has yeah. got this thing ready to go.
0: She's amazing. That was yeah. really awesome, getting the chance to interview her and all of that. So. And did
1: you have fun watching the disc golfers?
0: Are you kidding me? Those people are seriously talented. Let me tell you, the way they throw those frisbees.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So
0: So I tried, and it was way off. Way (laughs) off.
1: So the one thing that was super fun about this is we did one in July in the baseball stadium. I actually rented Volcano Stadium. Okay. That's cool. We call it the Stadium Experience. Okay. And and from the fourth tee box was in deep center field and the basket was by second base. Okay. So the disc golfers felt like they were throwing that Ball in from center field, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's what we call it the stadium experience. But then we said, well, can we do a disc golf tournament on a golf course? Why and, not? And so I rented the nine holes. I rented the back nine. You didn't let the grass grow under your feet. Not, well, you know me too well, right? <laughs> it, it, but what was really fun is that they have a competition typically with disc golfers. It's a it's, They call it a long drive competition. Mm-hmm. But if you remember, we were on the driving range. Yes. And that they were throwing, to so see if you could throw the furthest, 460 feet. woo It just kept floating. That is floating. so far.
0: That's a football field and a half. I didn't even think when they were out there, it was like, okay, you've seen a few, and it was like, wow, that's really far. And then they just kept going. Yeah. And going. And it was like, there's no way. Oh, well, sure enough. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm thrilled to officially announce that that golf course loves what we're doing so well that this will be an annual event.
0: That's so exciting. First That's Saturday so exciting. of every
1: October, we'll be kicking cancer for kids at that golf course.
0: That's awesome. Perfect.
1: So That's that, really cool. It that was that you a did fun that. weekend. Living. It
0: was. It was. <clears throat>
1: so you're gonna be shocked again?
0: Oh Lord, I don't know if I have it in me to be, keep being shocked like you shock me, Barry. I always
1: tend to bring something for you, don't I? You do. So we've we've talked about this book before. Okay. Making yourself smart. Uh, yep. Right? So says, this actually isn't a, a cancer prevention book, mm-hmm. but it's more about eating and diet. And the author of the book, she's a nutritionist, but she also has a Ph.D. in neuroscience. Okay. So she understands how food and the brain interact. Right. But there's a, there's a spot in here I thought was really intriguing how she said this. She says, if we knowingly continue down a path of eating food, food-like food like Products mm-hmm. we've talked about food-like products mm-hmm. instead of real food merely because we would rather use our money to buy the new iPhone. We should not be surprised when the consequences are far from what we desire.
0: Yeah,
1: it is foolhardy to believe we can live our lives however we choose, and when medical problems arise, run to our doctors and dietitians for a quick fix. Then ask God why this happened to us and tell everyone we were under spiritual attack. Mm-hmm. And I think about how many people go, why is God doing this to me? Why is he punishing me for being sick? Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Except if you knowingly. <laughs> yes. And I think that's part of what I'm trying to get through to people is once you know better, do better. Yeah. And if you now know that eating these food-like products are going to do this to your body, but you can continue to do it, Mm -hmm. so here's my shocking for you. Okay. Uh, In the book, she says, um, many of us can afford to purchase more real food, whole food, from local producers who are truly attempting to create sustainable food systems. In the United States in particular, people spend less money on food than the rest of the developed world. Really? Around 13.2% of your income. While well, it is estimated 90% of the average American food budget is spent on a highly refined and processed food stuff. hmm In 2011, here's, and I'm going to shock you here. Okay. In 2011, Americans spent $117 billion Whoa. on fast food. Whoa. 117 billion dollars on fast food.
0: Holy smokes! 60, and that's just United States.
1: That's just United States. One more time. <laughs> and this is this is eleven years ago. Right.
0: So it's probably literally it's probably tripled, quadrupled. It, 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 it,
1: I would bet it's at least double, at least double in the last eleven years. Oh, the, the, <laughs> you're grass your grow. <laughs> so in 2011, Americans spent 117 billion dollars on fast food. $65 billion on soft drinks. What? Wow. Which is, just on soft drinks Just on alone? soft drinks, Pepsi, Coke, whatever. Wow. $17 billion on video games. Whoa. $5 billion on ringtones.
0: What in the-
1: <laughs> And this is the one that just makes me almost laugh. $310 million on pet... Halloween costumes.
0: Now I feel attacked.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Lucy. (laughs) But people say, I can't afford to go to, you know, buy real food. I can't afford to go to Whole Foods. I can't afford to go to any of these local markets and buy real food. And so they buy inexpensive food-like products. Except you can't afford $5 billion for ringtones. Right. And you can export $17 billion for video games.
0: Holy smokes. What was the fast food one again?
1: $117 billion.
0: That is absolutely crazy.
1: So, and and of course, as I read it, I had to even chuckle at the fact that, you know, I go into Petco or whatever, and there's these costumes for animals. And I get it. I've got a dog, too. But as Americans, we spent $310 million on costumes for our pets. But as she said earlier, we knowingly go down a path of eating food like products instead of real food merely because we would rather spend our money on whatever, whatever, whatever.
0: Yeah. So it says in uh, the food industry, what I—it's hard to find an answer, but um, so this is how much the fast food industry is worth, which is almost three hundred
1: billion dollars. That is so. That's triple triple that's triple so so in 2011 it was 117 billion and now it's 300 billion dollars that's so crazy so if that's what it's worth that means that's that's how much we're spending as americans we're spending 300 billion dollars on fast food
0: that's crazy yeah it says we spend about 10 percent of our income on fast food That's a lot of money. At the end of the day, that's so much money. Yeah, I don't want ten percent of my income going to fast food. Right,
1: and and it said in that earlier part that Americans spend only thirteen percent of their income on real food. Right, so we're spending ten percent, thirteen percent on real food, and ten percent on fast food.
0: That's so crazy. Yeah, I've been bringing in a lot more um, fruits and uh, fresh fruits and vegetables into my home than I was previously. Cans are a lot easier. It's quicker. It's more convenient. But the more you... Knowledge is power.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And the more you know those types of things, it's not worth it though. It doesn't take me very long. If I'm cooking dinner, like what I would used to do is I would cook dinner and then I would put my green beans in the bowl... And pop them in the microwave from the can. It takes, while I'm cooking the other things, I can now take my green beans and put them on the cookie sheet and pop them in the oven. And they're still cooking while my other dinner's cooking. It's not really, it doesn't take any extra effort. Right. In all honesty. Right. It's pulling out a bowl versus a cookie sheet.
1: Well, and, you know, it was a couple weeks ago now. But Brenda was here with the Spartan Race and came in mm-hmm. the studio, and then we recorded a little cooking show. We did, which is on our website. So you're you're yes. kinda, you're kind of famous now. You're on the website. <laughs> but it was interesting, you know. We're right there in your break room. Yeah. And it was simple little stuff that mm-hmm. she had, and it took us like ten minutes, and it turned out really good. It was actually really good. That would have been a good like spread. It was it was super good. And it wasn't that hard what she made. It was quick
0: and easy. And, and you were a easy.
1: great sous chef, by the way.
0: It was healthy. Was I? You were a great sous oh. chef. Oh, Jeff. good. I wasn't sure what to do with my hands.
1: <laughs> I was just saying oh, you were busy should... chopping stuff. so yes. that was great.
0: Being on, uh, I—it's easy for me to be behind the mic. Well, I, that's a lie. It's not easy. <laughs> but being behind a video camera, so I was a little nervous. But then it was like, okay, this is actually really good, and it yeah. was really quick and easy.
1: And I think part of what we're trying to get people to understand is that we make it too hard sometimes.
0: We do and I think that's what people it's well it's not quick and easy and convenient and it's like but it is it really truly is and it's very convenient to your body with how just you feel better right you live better it It's worth it to me.
1: Well, one of the things that, one of the changes we made in our house, and again, I've been doing this now for almost five years, and so it's been a process to get to where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. I'm not telling any of the listeners that you're going to get there overnight. Right. But now, one day a week, we've got all this food that we bought, fresh fruits and fresh vegetables, and we just sit and... Process it, get it all ready, cook it, package it up in little Tupperware things. Mm-hmm. And so by the time we're done, we have four or five days worth of meals prepped.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: And we spend one day doing it. Yeah. And you're cooking all these fresh fruits and vegetables that are going to be what we're going to eat for the week.
0: That's what I need to do. All you in know, one day.
1: Just do it in one day.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes it very easy and convenient.
1: But what most people do is they don't plan ahead. Right. And so then they're going, oh, my gosh, I'm hungry. There's nothing to eat. So they go to WinCo, They or, you know, at wherever they go. Yes. I mean, am not blasting WinCo. I'm just saying wherever you go, you grab something processed that you can eat quickly at home. Mm-hmm. And one of the, my favorite statements that Brenda always says when, when I work together, we go to a, to a grocery store, is Fred Meyers has a section now that they call their health food section. Does that mean the rest of the store is the unhealthy food section? Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is the healthy food. Is the rest of it the unhealthy food?
0: Like, wait, what's going on? And why is this only one half of an aisle? Right. <laughs> but, Something's wrong here.
1: Yeah. So I, I and, and the last thing she says in here is our consumer dollars are the main reason that many countries have banned the use of growth hormones in industrial meat production or the use of quote pink slime. Gross. Which is a meat processed and treated with ammonia. Whoa! And that's what McDonald's is making their hamburgers out of. (laughs) They can't swallow. I know, right? We collectively, one person at a time, have the power to change the world by changing what we eat, and gradually make healthier food more accessible for more people. Mm -hmm. So what I've been trying to tell people is that you know, save yourself, and then each one teach one. Yeah. And so, you know, I feel really fortunate that I met you eight or nine months ago, and so I changed what I was doing, and I came in and shared with you what I'm doing. Yeah. Each one, teach one. Uh-huh. Right? And, and I then- know that you're sharing that with somebody that you know. Yep. And so each one, teach one, and gradually we'll get people to change how they're looking at food.
0: Yeah. I think it's important.
1: So my shocking news for you was how much money we spend on not food.
0: Yeah, that's very alarming. <sighs> <laughs> you know I'm really blessed. I I I for some reason fast food grosses me out. I don't know if it was that uh movie that they showed when I was in high school the
1: Oh, that I remember the movie. You,
0: the McDonald's one yeah. um where they showed like the fries, they like put it in a capsule
1: of what it looks like. It's called Super Size Me.
0: Yes, Super Size Me. And they showed that in high school and it made me just ill. And then when I was pregnant with my son, I remember any time we would drive by Any type of fast food, I would instantly start throwing up. So my ex-husband would literally have
1: to detour
0: into like neighborhoods and stuff to avoid the fast food
1: restaurant. Was it the smell or the memory of the show?
0: I think it was both. Okay. In all honesty, it just grossed me out. And then smelling it, it was like awful. Right. Awful food. Awful place.
1: Awful people. (laughs) And so you had to detour around it. Yes. Wow.
0: Um, So I don't eat fast food very often. Um, Wendy's gets me every once in a while. Yeah. I'm not going to lie.
1: Yeah. But
0: that's about it. Other than that, I can't do fast food. It's just, it's very chemically. It tastes
1: Well, and what's unfortunate for me, and, and again, I'm a little older than you, but I remember... You know, when I was about 20 years old, I loved Wendy's. Wendy's was my favorite place to go. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand how 40 years later, it's still the same price or pretty close right? To it. Like, I know what's happened with inflation. Mm-hmm. How are you still selling me the same product I loved 40 years ago? <laughs>
0: my sister, yeah. For the yeah. same price. She was like, because she was like, I got to go get Taco Bell for dinner. I was like, gross. And she's like, it's all I can afford. And it was like... Th- that's the problem, though. If y- There's no way you should be able to eat all of that for just a buck or two. Right. That's terrifying if you really break it down and think about it. Yeah. That's not worth it. So save your gas and your gas money <laughs> and get something at home and eat it there.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's We're- definitely
0: the better route. I think you're right. <laughs> we have about... 30 seconds left, I got in trouble from Phil, our uh, engineer. He was like, hey, you guys are going too long. Okay. And I was like, I thought we were doing it right. And he was like, no. You misunderstood
1: me. Okay. Well, we're going to stay on target for <laughs> Phil here for sure.
0: So we apologize about that, Phil. So I guess I'll give a shout out to our sponsor for this show, who is Odd Pizza. Pizza. Um, I know we're talking about eating healthy and whatnot, but they have great healthy options, believe it or not. Um, like we were talking about earlier, their cauliflower crust and vegetable pizza is amazing and phenomenal. So you guys will have to definitely check them out. And that's Odd Pizza. And we'll be right back after the break.